Hello, everyone. This is Connor Lokar with ITR Economics. Uh, thanks for joining me on this Trends Talk. Uh, today, we are answering uh, or circling back to answer the questions that we are unable to get to at the end of our uh, construction uh, trend webinar in this black swan world that we now find ourselves in. So one of the, the first ones, and the one we got a couple of times, and uh, an important one at that is the question that you know, does our second half of 2020 outlook uh, have a second wave of COVID-19 assumed into it? That's an excellent question. That's a pivotal question. Uh, and the answer is no, uh, it does not. Our forecast from a macroeconomic standpoint uh, and you know, transitively you know, for the residential and non-residential construction markets assumes no second wave of COVID-19 in uh, the second half of 2020. Now, that's not to say that we aren't going to see perhaps a secondary blooming of cases, perhaps if there's a seasonal component to this uh, pathogen, that it shows up in greater numbers again in the fall and winter. Uh, but, but our assumption is not necessarily on the cases, but on the shutdowns, because that's the more economically relevant uh, point um, of this COVID-19 black swan. You know, is, is there enough second, uh, is there a large enough secondary wave of cases to generate a secondary wave of shutdown posture and, and orders and shelter in place orders from governors, you know, perhaps from a, a large enough swath of the country to, to uh, impact the trend line. Now, um, and that is possible. Uh, our jobs forecast probable, not possible. So that is a possible and a downside risk to the forecast. It makes everything that we talked about in the webinar earlier this week, uh, you know, certainly a uh, downside risk possibility uh, if that were to occur, but we are not assuming that that is going to occur. So excellent question. Uh, next question, uh, any idea why New Jersey is so different than its neighbors regarding the single uh, family housing permits trend? We got a couple of these because uh, New Jersey was a bit of a standout. I, I showed that heat map of permits by state. Uh, New Jersey was up 24.7%. Um, that was uh, partially because I was only pulling through uh, March data. So it was skewing it. They had a very good March uh, uh, that was you know fairly robust, but uh, we got April data shortly after those slides were finalized and it did uh, plummet down rather severely dropping 35.4% below April 2019 levels with that uh, April figure. Uh, and it was a severe more than 55% drop from the March permits level number. Uh, so it was just skewing a little positive because that data was a little bit behind. Uh, they, had, they had a pretty decent growth trend to that point. Um, however, that was clipped considerably in April. We just didn't have that data quite in time uh, in order to get that uh, into the presentation. Um, we had another question that was, you know, is the ADIs, the architectural billings indices that I showed, only non-residential? Uh, and uh, no, it's not. There's actually a residential component uh, built into um, that dashboard. It is largely commercial. That's where most of the focus resides, where it has uh, you know, the regional uh, architectural buildings index mixes the institutional, uh, commercial, industrial, uh, mixed use, uh, but it also does have a residential sector architecture buildings index, which, um, you know, took a comparable dive in the March and April figures now residing at about an index reading of about 30.3. And again, if that doesn't mean a lot to you, you know, I don't blame you, but, you know, by their methodology, anything below 50 um, is problematic uh, for their um, you know, definition and reporting, uh, and that is considerably uh, below 50 and displayed a similar drop. So, uh, you know, highlighting our outlooks for some concern in those markets in the near term. The big question will be how do those bounce back and normalize in May and June, uh, which will be interesting, and we'll keep you updated on that for those of you following along with us. Um, 
is the healthcare markets, including uh, senior living markets too. Uh, and then follow-up question that, is that still a good market? So, uh, you know, the total healthcare uh, I showed that data set, you know, that does include total special care and nursing facility construction. Uh, you know, good is, I suppose, a subjective word, but I, I, I would say yes. You know, by our estimation, we do see that this market was in a robust growth trend through February, uh, which is the data available. Uh, we anticipate that it's going to slow down considerably this year. It was running at a you know, through the first quarter, just about you know, growing at a 33.4% year-over-year clip, or just north of 30%. So we don't anticipate that pace is going to uh, uh, carry on. I'm sure that we, with you know, there's probably some severe disruptions in the senior living construction uh, market in March and April, in particular. Uh, you know, construction by and large is considered exempt, but these projects, obviously, knowing how susceptible that portion of the population is, there's certainly some disruption. Mark, uh, you know, perhaps outsized disruption um, risk there uh, from, you know, in a very immediate near-term standpoint. Uh, but we do see it, you know, generally positively here for the next four quarters or so. Next year, we see uh, comparable pullbacks, but much, you know, characterizing, uh, you know, much of the institutional and commercial landscape in terms of that lag pullback. So we think next year, uh, we're going to see a bit of a shortfall uh, in dollar uh, spend in this market relative to 2020. Uh, so I, I, I think, you know, Good is an appropriate word, I guess, for the near to intermediate term, but but not bulletproof, um, we would say. Uh, question, how long do you, before you see the hospitality industry starts to bounce back? Um, I suppose it depends on what part of it you're looking at. I think in terms of construction related to hospitality, in terms of, of you know, hotels, uh, you know, these, you know, mega resorts, I think that that is going to take a while. Uh, our forecast reflects a, a pretty painful next six, seven quarters, really through the entirety of 2021. Uh, you know, we're already starting to see, you know, if you characterize hospitality as flights and trip taking, you know, we're starting to see signs of life relative to where we were in, you know, late March or the month of April. Uh, but that's still a far cry from where we were in April or March of 2019, where things are still down 75, 80%. So uh, I, it's going to take a while for, um, Obviously, the, the kind of boots on the ground to, to in terms or foot flops on the ground, I guess we could call it in terms of folks actually starting to you know, spend those dollars and, and travel around uh, at prior rates. And that'll be a lag effect before that positively impacts the cash flow of all these um, entities and organizations that are you know, investing in these resorts and, and huge uh, hotel complexes. So I, I would look at a pretty lean and tough landscape there for the next six, seven quarters. Um, Next question, uh, any thoughts on what the oil black swan will do to the manufacturing construction indexes? Um, as I mentioned on the webinar, again, this is a very important secondary black swan, uh, one that hasn't really gotten the press necessarily, but from our uh, opinion at ITR, particularly with our client base, um, a lot of folks are affected by this quite negatively, the um, you know, cratering oil prices. So, so this black swan is going to negatively impact manufacturing construction in the near term. It's going to hurt a lot of manufacturers who are directly or perhaps you know, unwittingly indirectly exposed to upstream oil and gas, uh, which is going to have some severe issues. Uh, we're also seeing downstream um, disruptions due to the shelter-in-place order. So uh, oil and gas markets are you know, going to feel it here in 2020, and that's going to negatively impact manufacturing construction um, in direct and indirect ways. Uh, through the next four to six quarters or, or so. Um, as I mentioned on the webinar, I, I think an interesting question is the longer term as, you know, do we see reshoring? Do we see this you know, borderline, uh, you know, openly antagonistic, you know, relationship we now find ourselves in with China? Does that 
you know, truly start to upend some of these supply chains, return them to the United States? That's an interesting question, and we feel that there is some reshoring potential there. So, uh, longer term, looking past 2021 and deeper into the 2020s, there could be some upside potential there. But uh, near term, uh, that oil blocks one is going to have that negative effect. Uh, and last question, you know, any insight on the non-residential remodeling or retrofit market? So uh, I showed one slide on that in, in the webinar. The, the 2008, 2009, and 10 precedent suggests that the remodeling or retrofit market should pe behave favorably relative to new, you know, ground up construction, but that doesn't necessarily mean favorably, you know, in the grand scheme of things and, you know, a great year overall, but it may feel less severe decline. Uh, we saw that the, you know, the March and, and April numbers um, were disrupted, uh, as you'd anticipate, March numbers um, you know, were not very good, but uh, we'd anticipate, you know, just the larger capital requirements of, you know, ground up construction, we could see that remodeling, um, you know, same reason that same logic of, of folks, you know, carrying that, you know, capital stock an extra year or two, you know, pouring parts and service into it, you know, in lieu of, uh, you know, that purchasing that brand new machine, you know, due to cash flow and, and, you know, risk considerations, you know, that translates to the structure investment world as well, where we could see, you know, perhaps uh, deferring that ground up construction, you know, expansion of new office space, new, you know, square foot or whatever, for whatever application instead of opting for uh, remodeling retrofit, you know, we could see the office market, I think there's going to be a lot of square footage that was, you know, as these leases are up, a lot of these businesses, you know, maybe they had X, you know, thousands of square feet, and they realized that they only need about 70% of that because they're going to reposition some jobs, um, you know, perhaps to at-home applications uh, where folks may be able to, you know, scoop up those distressed square feet and or or now available square feet and, and remodel them as opposed to opting for new construction. So uh, I, I think that it, it'll be, you know, kind of a, a less ugly duckling, if you will, in the coming um, dip in the cycle. So, uh, you know, perhaps a, a relatively speaking opportunity there. So that wraps up our questions from uh, the ITR construction webinar. And um, I think for following up, I certainly thank you for being on that webinar. Um, and I thank you for following up to check in on these answers here. And if, you know, I didn't answer anything uh, that we didn't get to, you can please feel free to, you know, Email into ITR, uh, ITR Economics, uh, updates at itreconomics.com with your question there. You can also email uh, me uh, at clokar, uh, C-L-O-K-A-R at itreconomics.com, and we'll uh, you know try to track down what we can for you if, if you have the need. So with that, I thank you for joining us, and I'll see you next time.